It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, October 16th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content. Thinks we have some uh, special teams explaining to do here. Yeah, for sure. We are going to get into Saturday's game against the Ottawa Senators, plus name our nemesis of the week all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. And as a show, we are on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter at Lockdown Flyers as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code Locked on NHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, that was a tough loss to the Ottawa Senators on Saturday. A little bit of a lineup change from game one. Uh, Emile Andre checked in on the blue line. Tyson Forster was on the forward side of things. Bobby Brank and Agor Zamula sat. And I thought it was interesting that they traded youth for youth in the swap outs, right? That they didn't sit any veterans in no. lieu of, of putting Andre and Tyson Forster in, right? This is why I have a hard time with trust issues and, and the coach for, for this exact reason. Uh, so my question to you, based on what you just said, and I think that is true, did they match this lineup up to match it up against the other team? I don't think so. Yeah, I, you know, and I am of two minds on this, right? That there are some times where you have to get the best matchup possible against a particular team. Um, and I think that sometimes Torts likes to do that, especially when he has more of an enforcer style line out there, right? When he, yeah. he thinks it's going to be a, a rougher game. Um, but at the same time, it is early season and I can see him just wanting to try a whole bunch of different things and get sort of information on who, who's playing well and how early. And so I can see even if it isn't the best matchup, he wants to get those guys in and get them playing sooner rather than later. Um, and I feel like you could justify it both ways. Well, I think there's less justification not sitting any vets because you know what they are. You have a whole history of what these guys are yes that is true but i i feel like that's where the balance is right that he he wants to have some of the matchups he wants but get some of the young guys in and i think that the result was not great no. and but i think given where the flyers are in this rebuild he's probably willing to sacrifice that to some degree in order to just skate the players that he wants to skate and um, I, I don't know that it's the right move, and I don't know that in the end it'll be the wrong move, but it led to a loss, that is for sure. I mean, Travis Sanheim and Cam York are veterans now. Like, they're veterans, but he's not looking at them necessarily as teaching veterans yet, which is another thing. 
Well, yeah, I, I suppose that is true to some degree. Um, Flyers goals, of course, from Travis Konechny and Cam York, um, who the two of them probably had the best game overall yes. of any of the Flyers. So for them to be rewarded with the goals in the game is probably a good thing uh, for this game. But it, it was still definitely just an early season kind of game with a lot of sloppiness in the passing. And they were and- undermanned. The Ottawa Senators were under me. The Ottawa Senators, yep. sorry, yeah. Yeah, and so that was a little difficult to stomach. Um, and clearly, I mean, and they know it, and they said it themselves, they were just not getting shots on goal in those first two periods especially. And the third period, even though they stepped it up, they were mostly on the power play. So I, I feel like... There was know, a lack just, of effort in the yeah. second half of that game. There were guys just... If they're out of gas, okay. Or if the, the their will was just beaten down, it, it was something though, and it was noticeable. It was even noticeable on the broadcast. They mentioned it, you know, post game. So it was that noticeable. And so that's where you have to say, okay, John, did all those scrimmages do what they were meant to do preseason? Because I don't think so. I don't think it, it did them any good. Yeah, and I think that, you know, there's something to it in terms of maybe they just weren't getting the right kind of competition against each other to make it valuable. But also, I do think that even Tort said it himself, I believe that this was a different style of camp with more of those scrimmages for him. And he was trying it out and um, he's now learning if it worked or not. Uh, So it's just one of those things that it kind of is what it is. For me, in in terms of you know him trying something new, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, that's maybe, a good thing. But maybe there's some consequences to it that we didn't right. anticipate, or he didn't anticipate. Well, I mean, just as an example, and I don't know if it's because of this. Maybe one of those consequences is why Sean Couturier looks so slow. Like he was always not a fast skater, but when he's out there, and and you know, and occasionally he can make a good play on a two on one or something. Sure, but but he, you know, he he's slowing down a lot and it's very noticeable. And so I don't know, was it because he's so not used to camp because he was injured for a long time that it wore him down already and he's got to sort of build himself up? It might be. Yeah, I think there's there's some of that. Um, he he was 20 actually... minutes in this game. Should you be playing Sean Couturier 20 minutes? No. Yeah, no. I don't think so either. I, I think that's a, a really good point. But also, as we mentioned in our preview for this game, Ottawa is a fast team, so yeah. it could be also some of it relative that we know just overall Ottawa is a much faster team, and that could be well, you know what's a funny? little bit of what we're seeing with Sean Couturier there. Sure, and and I heard people saying, "Well, they looked faster against Columbus." Well, Columbus was a little um, a little slower than Ottawa. Yeah. There's no question about it. But we're going to find out that 75 percent of these teams in this league are at that speed that Ottawa's at. That That's is also true. Yeah, yeah, that is also true. So I think that um, you just have to look at what the Flyers are. And we know they're not overall a fast team. And I think the guys that are fast or can be faster just weren't in this game for some reason. Right. I would say Owen Tippett and Cam Atkinson, to be specific. Um, I think they were not on the rush as much as I felt like well, they should have been. If you remember, we did bring up early on with guys like Couturier and guys like Atkinson having to travel now when they're, you know, haven't been in the league in a while 
that's going to be an adjustment too. And I think we're seeing that. Yeah, it could be a little bit. Um, uh, one of the other things we did talk about in the preview was the face-off situation that Ottawa was very, very good at that. Uh, largely, and that bore out in this game. Um, Everybody on the Flyers was negative except for Sean Couturier, who was an even 11 and 11. Um, And that also led to a a lot of missed opportunities and why they didn't have as many shots because they weren't winning the face-offs to make the plays to get there. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um, We should also point out that, you know, Danny Briere, the other day when he had put out into the universe, hey, I'm willing to help uh, other teams that are looking to get out of cap problems, which means Ottawa with Shane Pinto. Uh, they asked for Ridley Gregg. They're never mm-hmm. getting Ridley Gregg, but I think it's funny that they asked for him. Listen, it was worth a try. You might as well, right? Yeah, no, no. There's nothing wrong Nothing wrong with the conversation. But I, I wouldn't just, complain about that. That's for nobody sure. Nobody would complain. Are you kidding? Yeah. Nobody in the world would complain. Yeah, that is true. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about the difference defensively between the two teams, between the Flyers and and Ottawa. And the Senators' goals were more from the outside perimeter. And like the Flyers were not taking away shooting lanes enough. Now, some of this was on the penalty kill. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Um, but I just felt like the structure wasn't there. They um, and they also were not doing a good job of sweeping the guy out from net front um, and or winning creating corner screens. Battles. Yeah, there yeah. There was an and old I, guy. There was an old guy with a beard. I don't know what's his name. Oh, Giroux, <laughs> who, won a, who won a corner battle, got the puck to yeah. his guy, and it was an instant goal. Right? Yeah, that was one of those I, plays. Absolutely. But like you look at the other side of things and, you know, the Flyers had one from the dot, the Cam York goal, which was a great play, honestly, um, beginning to end. Just a really good sequence there. So I don't want to take that away from them. Um, The net front was on a five on three uh, power play there. But the, the Senators were doing just such a better job defensively in preventing shots, uh, you know, again, Mm -hmm. until the third period. Um, and blocking a ton of shots. And Torts even mentioned that the the and differential between the block shots of the two teams, he noticed that too. Right. So again, if John wants them to be a shot blocking team, then you've got to have shot blocking guys in there. And he didn't have all of his shot blocking guys in there. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is you didn't necessarily get other than stall, you didn't really upgrade the shot blocking on this team as far as getting guys that are really good at it. So now you're going to ask guys that don't necessarily have that in their game to step that up. And that's a, that's a thing that's hard to get. It's easy to say, Oh yeah. Like Zamula should just be blocking shots, but he's not like, he's got to learn how to do it. That's not in his game. Right. And Andre definitely not. No, that is for sure. All right. Well, I think the elephant in the room for this game, especially was the Flyers special teams. We're going to talk about that, plus some other individual game performances coming up next. You know that feeling when Travis Konechny scores a hat trick? If you want to get that feeling and win 100 times your money, play Daily Fantasy Hockey on on the Sleeper app. These are all possible scenarios for this season, but to have a chance at winning big, you need to play Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper. As the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, 
Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. You can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. Fans can also play daily fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, and CFB, and I think that's college football, on Sleeper, and entries can be made in under a minute. With elite players like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and Austin Matthews, plus the new guys like Connor Bedard, all you need to do is pick more or less on stats for these stars. Choose stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. You heard me, Flyers fans, 100 times payout on Sleeper, so start paying attention and get your picks right so you can win big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Coming up later this week, of course, we have our Flyers home opener tomorrow to talk about, which is starting an hour earlier at 6 p.m. So take yeah, because of, of traffic, because of the Phillies, because <laughs> of the Phillies, yeah. Ah. And then uh, Connor McDavid's in town later this week as well. Yep, so exciting. very exciting stuff to talk about in Flyers land. All right. So the special teams here. I think that there's just like no way about it. Uh, the special team sucked real bad. It's awful. <laughs> and, uh, you know, three of the five senators goals were on the power play for them. Um, John Tortorella even said post game that the Flyers power play, their own power play def- deflated them. It did. Um, which was true. This it, they were one new. for six. Yeah. They yeah were let's one not act six. like this is new. No, it is not new. This is something that has continued from last season. Um, you know, of course, the only power play goal they got was a five on three that has actually took a while for them to get yeah. Um, yeah. on on that um, two man advantage. Um, six shots on goal total in all that power play time they have, which is not enough. Um, and like we talked about, Ottawa blocked a ton of shots. Like, what do you think is going on here, Russ? What I think is going on is, again, they don't have a lack of personnel. They have a lack of what to do when they're in the power play. Like, they should have a really a practice of just the power play. Getting the guys to move, getting rid of the slingshot. You heard me. Yes. Get rid of the slingshot. Morgan Frost is probably the only guy, him or Konechny, but then you're missing Konechny's shot on the power play. They're probably the only guys that could do the slingshot and get into the offensive zone with speed. There is nobody else. Like Cam York a little bit, but even he gets to be unsure if he gets pinned in a corner or something. And so get rid of it. Just because a lot of teams are using it doesn't mean you have to. And I just feel like right now, I mean, this is a sad thing, but maybe go back to the Dave Haxtell, like a couple of passes up the ice, get it in the zone, get possession. I think that may do better. The slingshot for them is is a non-starter like they should know already that it's not going to work right and i just don't think they've been able to coordinate enough with what the other skaters need to do while the slingshot is happening in order to get guys in position for the skater to then dish it off and do uh you know another little slight back pass to get it across the ice or something to get the goalie to move like none of that was happening and they They can't get through the blue line, like the opposing blue line, because like Ottawa was just set up so well. Yeah, they disrupted immediately. 
and it really short circuits things. So I think like that is a huge problem that they need to really figure out what they're doing. Um, I, I think that they did not get Ottawa to bite on anything in terms of getting Ottawa's defensemen out of place, in terms of getting the goalie to move. Um, you know, Forsberg, I think, had a, a pretty easy time of it. Honestly, and this is the guy that had major medical problems, like, and and he looked really good. Like, I mm-hmm. feel happy for him that he is able to look so good. But you're right, knowing that he is not played a lot this season, it's his first game this year, right? Yep. You got to move in. Like, that's what you got to do. You got to test this guy, yeah. knowing that he had medical issues. Yeah, they did not get him to move enough, especially yeah. on the power play, and that's part of what they they lack in terms of the quick passes to, to create shooting lanes. And this is something we've talked about repeatedly. We talked about it last season and they haven't seemed to figure out a way around that with the personnel that they have, and they have to figure that out. And, and again, you would think with Couturier and Atkinson coming back, they would be able to, to suss that out. I felt like Noah Cates on, you know, had some, good plays um, on the power play. I felt like the second unit was at least trying some stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, They just weren't successful, but I I felt like there was at least some concerted effort there to try a couple of different things um, out there. But uh, otherwise this is likely to become a continuing problem unless they address it. Yeah. I think after like 10 games, they're going to have to address it. And if that means Redealing out the coaching responsibilities, fine, as far as who's going to be in charge of the power play, or you really got to reshuffle the deck. The only thing is, and and this is going to be unfortunate for Bobby Brank, but because the Flyers are lacking that big shot on the power play, Tyson Forster is going to get the the, the lion's share of that of that yep. playing time. Now, whether he's scoring or not, you know, he got an assist in this game, and that's good. But whether he's scoring or not, because he has that shot. Brink almost doesn't stand a chance to be in the everyday lineup. Right. I, I think that could pan out the way you're saying. Um, I do want to talk about the penalty kill as well, which was yeah. so good in the first game, but not quite there in this second game. And again, Ottawa has one of the top power plays in the league. We know that we talk about it. Um, and the, the fact that they did exactly what the Flyers didn't do on their own power play is have those quick passes around and through to get the defense to spread out enough to create those shooting lanes. That's exactly what they do. And, you know, Kachuk and Giroux are masters at that. Like we know that. Yeah. Uh, The funny thing is we talked about Kachuk beforehand, right? mm -hmm. We knew he would be a big time problem. And there was the one play where I forget who it was gets to him a second too late he gets the goal in the crease, but the, you know, the knockdown Kachuk, he pops right back up and he's smiling. It's like, it's, it's too late. Once yep. you let him in the crease, it's already too late. You have to be battling him to keep him out of there. And they didn't do that enough. No, that was a huge part of it too, is that they just weren't knocking the guy out of the crease. Um, right. And, and that affected Carter Hart's play. It absolutely oh, yeah. did. And I do not put this game on Carter Hart at all. No, but he's going to have these kinds of games. Yeah. And you feel bad for him because it's just like, it's either the not, the defense is not set up right around him or they just wear down and they're not up to the task. Because by the third period, in a lot of these games, the Flyers defense is going to get worn down because 
Like there's, you know, guys, there's only so many guys that have exceptional um, skating ability on their blue line. It's just the way it is. And because of that, you're going to wear these guys out. You know, when you have Cam York, who has the most shots on goal in the game for the entirety of the team, which good for him, but that just should not be right. No, it shouldn't be. I'm happy that he did get him through and yeah. needs to really get him through, though, on the power play. That's that's the thing. We, that's still an issue. Um, but again, like where's Owen Tippett on the power play? Like yep. That's supposed to be his bread and butter. Where is he? Yeah, that was the thing. I think this was a very weak game for Owen Tippett. I think that he just wasn't getting chances that he needed to in this game. And, you know, I do think Cam York stepped it up a bit. I think Tyson Forster, you know, while he made some mistakes, you know, that slash and, and the he turnover, did. he did his best. Um, he just has some learning to do with decision making. And I think that's right. natural. Um, but he did have some really good moments as well. So Sean um, Walker got a, got a point. So now he that's going to keep him in the lineup. That's going to keep him <laughs> in the lineup, Rachel. You know that. I will say this, though. Yeah. I, I am getting some messages. Some Flyers fans are, like, getting a little tired of, like, seeing Stahl and, and Sealer. Like, they understand that you have to have some veterans in once in a while, but they do want to see more of the younger players sort of start to develop on the blue line, and you really can't if those guys are in there. Yeah, I don't think you need Sealer and Stahl in the same game. I think one or the other is fine Yeah, in this circumstance. And, of course, Sealer got into that fight, which, I don't, you know, I think it was a good timing in terms of a good reason to maybe try and mix things up. But the effect just wasn't The effect there. is bad. Let's Again, we've talked about this. If you have a blue liner that fights, you are now shortening your blue line. And they're not the most talented blue line. Right. All right. Well, to be continued as we move to the first couple of home games later this week. In the meantime, it's Monday, and that means it's time for our Nemesis of the Week. We'll get to that coming up next. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with their eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your car every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers so if you are newer to Locked On Flyers, each and every Monday, we look at the week that is ahead and say, what is bothering us? What could be bothering us? Who is our enemy of the week? And last week, we talked a lot about our continuing questions about the Flyers blue line. What is it? Who is it? What are the combinations that are going to work best um, we also talked a little bit about it being old friends week for the Flyers. And of course, we saw Claude Giroux get celebrated for a thousand points in the yeah, NHL. No. Yeah, it was a, a really good ceremony and it was nice to see and, and to celebrate him. And, you know, the Flyers congratulated They're treating him really well. well there and it's nice to see. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm very happy for him. Um, I think for me this week, it's sort of getting back on the horse after this Ottawa loss. And you're going to have similar fast, high scoring teams. Well, the Canucks, maybe it's a mixed bag for them overall, but they did have that. They have one, one. super high skill players. Quinn Hughes, yeah. Elias Pedersen. Like there's some guys. Besser had four goals in the game. Right. Like, yes. So we have Vancouver, we have Edmonton, and we have Dallas this week. And that's that's some scoring teams. Big time scoring is coming. Yes. And so it's it's this nemesis this week is about how do you get back on the horse and try to figure out some things you can do defensively to prevent these teams from scoring. And I think that is that is going to be the mountain to climb this week. I like it. And I think based on the fact that the Flyers have some slower players, but they're big like a Turier and such, whatever happens to good old fashioned puck possession, yep. honestly, you have the puck, they don't like. Sometimes you just want to keep the puck out of Connor McDavid's hands. How do you do that? By not giving it to him. You know, I mean, same with Dreisaitl. Like, there's some ways to do it, and I and I would hope they. And look that's at that. something they can do. I feel yeah. like they do have the ability to do that. I think they it's do too. It, and I think that there are some weaknesses, especially with Edmonton defensively, yes. that you can take advantage of in terms of how you're doing your breakouts and carrying it but through the not. neutral zone. I mean, I'm repeating but this. But protect the puck. Yeah. Do not put that fourth line out against the McDavid line. Do no. not do it. No. Don't make that mistake. Uh, no. I think I think that would be a huge mistake because I think the speed will just overwhelm them and they won't be able to do the things that they do well. Um, right. Even with Paling there, I, I just still think that, you know, enough. You, you, you maybe want to know a Kate's out there up against yeah. the McDavid line. Yeah, he's line. probably the guy – no offense to Couturier, but the speed's not there. So Cates right. is probably the guy that has to shadow McDavid. But we'll get into that more. Um, but here's my little thing. So I don't know if people noticed. Uh, the other day was announced online that the Leafs were going to change their goal song. And me being a <laughs> Hall & Oates, Oates hater, I was like, boy, I really hope they don't change it to another Hall & Oates song. And that got a lot of attention because people were worried. Fans were sick of it, and they were worried about it, right? But here's my whole thing. After two games – they're changing the song again. And it's because of lyrics and things that they don't like, even though I, I think they were playing an instrumental version at times, but whatever. Here's my answer. And this well, is I, my understanding was that they were purposefully trying a whole bunch of different stuff over the season and, and thematically tying it. Like if they have a throwback game, they'll use an older song. Like, well, there's people are suspecting that, but this hmm. was supposed to be their go-to song. And now it's not. And so here's my answer to all of it. And this is for every team in the league. And I don't understand why it's not done. Do let the players pick their goal songs. Then the DJ can just clip those songs for those guys. And guess what? When that guy scores, you play that song. The fans won't get sick of it. And if they don't like a particular song for a player, fine. They'll tweet about it. But there's more variety. And I think it's just, it's better for the players. The players, like this in, in baseball. It's like a walk-up walk song. Yeah. They choose their walk-up song. Let them choose their goal song. I don't understand why this it, – it, it's a team game, but let them have that little bit of individuality, and it will get rid of this whole controversy. It will. Yeah, and of course, some teams already do this. Uh, the Sabres do it. It's a lot yeah. of fun. It um, is. 
And I think it would be fun if the Flyers did that as well. Um, we will find out and get into uh, when we talk about the home opener on Tuesday. Uh, just want to leave you with a quick Flyers fun thing. Um, as of our recording, uh, Flyers prospect Denver Barkey is leading the OHL in points or tied for the lead with 13, but he has a lot more goals than um, the other person he's tied with. So seven goals and six assists. Um, love to see that Barkey is getting off to a good start this season. Yeah, he had a hat trick recently. Good stuff. Really good stuff out of him. Love to see it. All right. That will do it for today's show. Of course, we will be back tomorrow with a preview of our home opener matchup against the Vancouver Canucks. Plus, we'll have our in-season Phantoms Tuesday report to talk about their opening weekend as well. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. If you've got mailbag questions, you can send them to us via the app formerly known as Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on our YouTube channel. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.